Hello and welcome. We are on the Revival Road with evangelist Chance Walters. If you're new to the podcast, each week we will upload a new message taken from one of our ministry opportunities from all over the world. Our prayer is that the Word of God would challenge you and change you, conforming you into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For more information, to give or to send in prayer requests, go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. And now, here is evangelist Chance Walters. We hope you enjoy the program. One, two, three verses. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. God saved you. Listen to this. God saved you by His grace when you believed in Him. And you can't take credit for this. This is the New Living Translation. You can't. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the things we have done so that none of us can boast. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. So continue. Everybody say continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God that works in you. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Lastly, in the same way, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up. Everybody say grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Heavenly Father, speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. For the next few minutes, I want to share with you a few baby steps for the born-again believer. When a person gives their heart to Jesus, that's not the end, okay? In fact, it's just the beginning of, of the journey. Otherwise, God would just rapture you out and you would be before His throne. No, whenever you accept Christ, you're a brand new creature, the Scripture says. So you've got to take some steps to make it down the redemptive road in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's five baby steps that every believer needs to take Number one, and we're going to come back to this at the end, but every believer needs to be water baptized. Or as I like to say, whenever somebody gets saved, just add water. Now, there's two things you need to know about baptism. Number one, they were post-converted decisions, meaning there was never anyone who got baptized and then got saved. No, they believed And secondly, they were baptized. And normally, it was spontaneous and immediate. For example, on the very first church service ever in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, Simon Peter stood up 
on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved. Hallelujah. What's next? The Bible says, and those who accepted the message were all baptized. What does all mean in the Greek? Every last one of these precious souls were saved and baptized in the same day. Praise God. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, Philip the evangelist preached the good news of the kingdom of God, and they were all baptized, both men and women alike. Later, in Acts 8, 26, we see Philip sharing his faith again to an Ethiopian eunuch on his chariot, and the Bible says he preached Jesus to him. I love that part. He preached Jesus. There's a good epitaph. At the un- and at the eunuch's e- response, he said, There's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? So the Ethiopian stopped the chariot, and they both went down into the water where Philip baptized him. In verse 40, when a Roman centurion named Cornelius and his whole household believed... In Acts 10, 47, Simon Peter responded, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people? For they have all received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. So Peter commanded them to be baptized in Jesus' name. That was the Gentile Pentecost in Acts chapter 10. In Philippi, Lydia, you remember the story? She was saved and her whole household was water baptized in Acts 16.11. Later, when a Philippian jailer and his household heard and believed the word of the Lord, the jailer and his whole family were baptized at midnight as Paul and Silas kept singing praises unto the king. In Ephesus, Paul met 12 men who were baptized in John's baptism. And when they heard about Jesus, they were all baptized immediately in Jesus' name in Acts 19, 1-7. I could keep going, but I'll give you one more. When Paul himself was converted, Ananias urged him, And now why do you wait? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling upon the name of of the Lord in Acts twenty two sixteen. So this is the first step for the born again believer. What's the second step? You need to connect, or as I would suggest, to plant yourself in the local church. Ephesians two nineteen. Now you are no longer strangers to God. You're saved, but you are God's own family, members, citizens of God's country, and you belong. Everybody say you belong. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. This is key. You've got to be connected and planted in the local church. King David said you will be like a flourishing olive tree planted in the house of God. The olive tree represents the anointing, the anointing to flourish in all things, to prosper even as your soul prospers. So don't be a tumbleweed Christian, rootless and fruitless. No, get connected to like-minded 
Christians. I'm telling you, this will change your life. Jacob wrestled with God in Genesis 32. And whenever he woke up, he said, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. And he didn't even know it. He saw angels ascending and descending from the throne of God. And he called that place Bethel. What does Bethel mean? It means house of God. So I believe, I strongly believe that there is a blessing. Jacob walked away with a blessing because he was in the house. Hallelujah. So listen, we need to be connected and planted in the local church. Number three, I want to say get some accountability. Join a small group, a prayer group, a Bible study. We're good at sitting in rows, but we really need to sit in circles. We need to face one another, be brutally honest with one another, to be spiritually accountable to one another. Hebrews 10, 24 says, In response to all that He has done for us, let us outdo one another in doing good. And let us not neglect our church meetings as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming is drawing near. Did you know D-Day, V-Day, capital D, is drawing near? We're living in the last days. You don't believe me? Well, believe this. You're living in the last of your days. It doesn't matter how old you are. The Bible says that your days are like a flower. They're here today and gone tomorrow. Therefore, we need to make the most of every opportunity. We need to get connected in a local church, and we need to be accountable. We need to be connected. This is so important We weren't created to be an island unto ourselves, lone ranger Christians out there just doing whatever. No, we need to be surrounded with Holy Spirit-filled believers because this will make a difference. It's made a difference in my life. And I'm telling you, this is important. Number four, I know this is going to sound simple, but start growing you got to take the first step, be baptized. And now I would suggest a local church with accountability. And when you do these things, it's inevitable. You will begin to grow. Hebrews 6, 1, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and let us be taken forward to maturity. Everybody say, I'm moving forward. Friends, we got to get back to the basics. Prayer, Bible reading, obedience, repentance, 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 spiritual disciplines. It's sad in the 21st century, we have become way too familiar with a God that we barely know. We've got to get back to the basics so that we can grow. The goal is not to show up or to simply memorize the scripture. Oh, I already know that verse. No, God's goal for us is to actually do it and to grow. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Everybody say baby steps. Baby steps are a big deal because, number five, they lead us to our purpose. Number five, we've got to find our purpose. And when you do build your whole life around it, are you struggling? Are you stagnant? The best way to snap out of this is to get something in your life bigger than your struggle. And in my spiritual journey, I found out that there's nothing bigger or stronger than God's presence, His power, and His divine purpose for my life. I get out of bed every morning with something to do that God has laid before me. This alone is liberating. If you, if you seek to find life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for His sake, you will gain it both now and even into eternity. From Eden to eternity. This is the echo. God has a good, perfect, and pleasing will for every person. The question is, have you found this treasure and bought the field. Friend, find your purpose and build your whole house on the rock of this revelation. One, two, three, four, five. All of us need to take these five steps. I'm telling you, it will change the trajectory of your destiny. It's so important. What's the big deal? I'm telling you what the big deal is. It's these simple, small steps. And today, it is my personal privilege to encourage you, to exhort you, okay, to take the first step, water baptism, second, third, fourth, fifth, wherever you are on this redemptive road within your relationship with the Lord. But I'm telling you, we need to get back to the basics because this is something that's been stirring in my spirit. Many of us have become way too familiar with a God that we barely know. We need to go back and do our first works over again. And the first step is baptism. I was baptized at a young age whenever I was eight. Then I was baptized again when I came back to the Lord at 23. And then, praise the Lord, I was baptized in the Jordan River right outside of Jerusalem a few years ago. I was baptized three times. And I'm telling you, every step was very significant. Have you ever been baptized? If not, you need to take this step. Are you saved? Hopefully, yes. And if you're saved, you need to take this simple step. Really quick, I want you to know that there are 27 baptisms in the New Testament, and all of them were post-decisions. They believed and they were baptized, and none of them were infant baptism. Somewhere along the way, tradition picked up the idea of baptizing or christening kids. And there is honor in this parental dedication, but it's not biblical water baptism. So if you were dedicated or christened as a child but never baptized, 
Today, you need to make a decision. In fact, we honor our families for starting the process of our spiritual journey because today we have the revelation that there's more that God wants to do. And as your family brother in Christ, I want to celebrate with you. But first, there are a few things that you need to know. The word baptism in the Greek means to fully submerged. Again, this is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing magical about the water or the person baptizing you. This is just an outward profession of something that is happening in your heart. Secondly, and probably most importantly, this event does not save you. Do you have to be water baptized to be saved? No. But was Jesus baptized? Yes. Was all of his disciples baptized? Yes. The Apostle Paul, the man who wrote one-third of the New Testament, said to follow me as I follow Christ. And he was baptized. So here are three reasons in the Bible why you should be baptized. Number one, to follow the example of Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't need to be saved because he was born right the first time. Is anybody with me? He was the sinless son of God, but he did say, I must be baptized to fulfill all righteousness for his namesake. It's true. Jesus was baptized, so we need to just obey. Number two, why should you be baptized? I'm so glad you asked to to demonstrate because God loves demonstrations. To demonstrate a changed life. 1 Peter 3.21 That, by the way, is what baptism pictures for us. This is the New Living Translation. In baptism we show that we have been saved from death and doom and by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, but because in being baptized we are turning to God and asking Him to cleanse our hearts from sin. Would you say that this is a good thing? I would say it is a God thing to demonstrate. It's the exclamation point in the Spirit. Why should you be baptized? Third and lastly, to declare your commitment publicly. Matthew 10, 32. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And friend, this is very serious. This is New Testament church. This is the moment that God has ordained for you. It's a public proclamation to the principalities and the powers of the world that you are a son and a daughter of Christ, a child of God. So important. You declare it to your family and your friends. It's supernatural. It's the washing away of the old man and becoming the new. It's so special. For me and you. I'm reminded of the old song right now. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. This is a no turning back moment. The cross before me. The world behind me. We can't turn back. But we are going to fast forward. 
Hallelujah. Because the baptismal waters represent a burial ground. When you're buried with Christ in baptism, you are proclaiming to the world that the old man no longer exists. To be buried with Jesus means that your old self died to sin just as Jesus did when he was made sin for us in Romans 6, 3. That's why we are immersed. It's a picture of burial coming up out of the water signifies our being raised to new life in Christ. To be raised with Jesus means making him Lord of every area of your life, mind, soul, body, and spirit. You've been bought with the blood of Jesus and you belong to him. Can somebody say Amen. That's why I want to personally invite you to join me to have a Holy Ghost party and to celebrate because I really sense that we are on the brink of a baptism revival. What's the big deal about baptism? It's you. It's me. It's the world turning from their old way of life and becoming brand new in His sight. Friend, give your life to Jesus. He can do so much more with it than you can. Today is your day. It's a day of salvation. It's a day of deliverance. It's a day to celebrate. So I bless you today. You are the big deal about baptism. Jesus breathed his last breath. And when he said, it is finished, he ripped the veil so that you could step in to victory. So grab a hold of him today. I know he's grabbing a hold of you. Let's go down by the riverside. Hallelujah. I bless you today in Jesus' name. This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time. We are on the Revival Road. For more information, download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.